Yes, God, you are worthy, worthy of all of the praise, worthy of all of the praise, worthy of all glory and all honor, worthy is the Lamb, hallelujah, yes, Jesus, you are so worthy, God, you are so worthy, God. Come on, let your heart give him some praise for a moment. Let your heart give him some praise. I love you, Jesus. I praise your name, God. You are excellent. You are wonderful. You are marvelous. You are king of kings. Hallelujah. Yes, God. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Look at somebody and say, worthy is the lamb. Look at somebody else and say, worthy is the lamb. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Brother Berglund, we'd like to turn this to you at this time. Amen. Thank you, brother. Amen. What a... What a wonderful evening to be worshiping the Lord. Amen? Amen. And that song, very appropriate for what we're going to be talking about during the first session here, where the people gathered around the throne. Last night we began with Job asking the question, if a man dies, will he live again? And... To wake up with the Lord and the angels singing. I don't know how you're going to respond to that, but I'm going to go nuts. <laughs> I mean, it's going to get out of control. You know, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Amen. I'm going to try my best not to have a, a prophetic thought that I had as he mentioned taking the chairs at the end of the meeting, if I see men carrying chairs off, I know I'm done. <laughs> so that's what I'll be watching for. Okay, so if you want me to stop, pick up your chair and walk out the door. The structure in the book of Revelation, and again, I'm not going to mess with those little monitors. Look at what you get to see over here. This is big. The book of Revelation is complicated. But I've tried my best with this little graph here to simplify it. John communicates with Jesus on Patmos. Letters to the seven churches are instructed. And then John is called up to heaven to witness future events. And that's in verse 4. After that, then, we find, it's colored in kind of a light tan, the opening of the seven seals, the sounding of the seven trumpets, the woman and the dragon, the beast and the mark, the seven bowls of God's wrath and the fall of Babylon, followed by, in gold, the triumph of Christ and the final judgment. The book of Revelation ends with promises, blessings, and admonishments. And to simplify it even more, oh, what did I just do? Did I just do something bad? <laughs> okay. That's where the rapture takes place, right there. 
Revelation chapter 4, that's where the rapture takes place. Now, I know there are those that teach differently. Last I checked, I've got the clicker and the microphone. And so this is the way we're going to hear it tonight. And as Elder Flowers mentioned, if you have questions about anything that I teach, please let them know. They'll get it to me. And one way or another, I'll get a response back to you, okay? Um, I don't think it means I'm going to drive back over the pass, but I go so far as the short little, uh, I, yeah, yeah, some sort of a Q&A, you know, um, possibly with uh, Microsoft Teams. I am a former Microsoft employee. We have to be on that product. <laughs> okay. The rapture in Revelation 4. But if you've got questions, discussions about this, and if you've been taught differently, please, Communicate with me about that. Daniel's 70th week is found in this section. And if you look at the book of Daniel, which we're going to a little bit tonight, you're going to find that it's filled with beasts, strange animals, and also a statue with a head of gold and other diminishing metals as you get down to the feet. We'll spend more time on that later. We don't need to belabor the point right now. And then Christ returning as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This is the basic structure in the book of Revelation. Looking at it from this perspective, Revelation 1 through 3, Jesus gives instructions to churches in Asia Minor. And these churches... As he instructs them, they all seem to diminish in how good they are until everyone's familiar with, finally you get to the church of Laodicea. But then after this, we find something amazing. Revelation chapter 4, the whole scene changes. No longer is it Jesus talking to John on a prison island in the Aegean Sea but instead, a door opens in heaven, and a trumpet blasts, and he is caught up through that open door, not only into heaven, but into the future. A trumpet sound, a door open, a voice calling to come up, and he sees resurrected people in heaven. And that's what we sang about tonight. I couldn't have chosen a more beautiful song for what I want to teach right now. Five promises fulfilled at the start of the book of Revelation. Five promises. And we're going to look at these. The first is a place prepared where we go to be with Jesus. The second is the trumpet blast in the dead arise. The third are crowns of victory given at his appearing the fourth is the redeemed are clothed in robes. And the fifth one, finally, is the gathering of the lion of the tribe of Judah. Let's take a look at these one by one. Before we do that, we've got a little bit of a quiz. When do the dust and the spirit get reunited again? Last night, we learned that we are but dust. And at death, we return to the earth. When does the dust and the spirit get reunited again? At death and the resurrection. 
Absolutely. The resurrection is an important event, and strangely, some teachers seem to want to sidestep the resurrection. Another question. When do the dead go to heaven? Most teachers nowadays seem to say, when you die. I've been to enough funerals where they will say, well, they're not with us here today, but they are up there on streets of gold. Are they? What does the Bible say? Or is the Bible unclear on this? When do the dead people go to heaven? In the resurrection. That's what the resurrection is all about. Now, that may have some concern for some of you. Like, well then, what's with the dead? Where do the dead spirits, or where do the spirits of the dead go after returning to God? Because that's what the Bible says. When we die, the body goes back to the earth, and the spirit goes back to God. But that doesn't mean they go to heaven. Now, we'd like to say, well, that must mean they go to heaven. But the Bible teaches differently. Do they go to paradise? Or do they go to heaven? The Bible says they go to paradise. So let's talk about that for a little bit. We find Jesus on the cross. He's dying. Next to him are two thieves. One of them isn't going to do very well. But then the other one starts a conversation and develops a relationship with Christ in his dying day. And Jesus says to that man, today you will be with me in, he didn't say heaven. He said paradise. Now, is he just playing word games or is there a place called paradise? I've heard teachers say that, well, when Jesus rose from the dead and then ascended up into heaven, he did away with paradise. Oh, he did, huh? I wonder where the thief of the cross went. The apostle Paul, 30-some years after this event, writes to the church, and he says, I knew a man who was caught up in the paradise and heard unspeakable words which it is not lawful for a man to utter. That doesn't mean these were bad words. It's things he's just not supposed to tell. Don't you say what you saw. Don't you talk about this. But he didn't go to heaven. He was caught up, whether in the body or whether in a vision. Paul said, I don't know. But he went to paradise. Paradise is the same place where the thief in the cross went. Paradise is where all the spirits that are righteous have gone. And that's where they wait. Now, paradise is not a bad place. That's why it's called paradise. But it's not the final place. Let's see what Jesus has to say about this. Jesus always, you can tell us Jesus, he starts out with verily, verily. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know, 
and testify that we have seen. If I told you earthly things, you'd believe me not. How shall you believe if I tell you heavenly things? He says, you're struggling with the simple parables. So went forth the soul, dirt, seed. You're struggling with this. But I'm going to tell you something spiritual. And he says, no man has ascended up to heaven. Oh, I guess he knows. No man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven. There's only one that's going to be in heaven, and that's he that came down from heaven, and that's Jesus until he opens the door and lets people in. Prior to that, it's paradise. Acts chapter 2, day of Pentecost, years after Jesus made that statement, Jesus has already gone back to heaven. Peter's preaching, and he says, men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. He's bones, dust, it's right over there, but where is his spirit? It says, and seeing this before spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither was his flesh to see corruption. Speaking of Christ, three days that he's out of the tomb. This Jesus has God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. For David is not ascended into the heavens. David's not in heaven. No one's in heaven but he that came down from heaven, everybody else is in paradise. But when we get to Revelation chapter 4, we read about people in heaven. We sang about people in heaven. This is an amazing scene around the throne of Jesus. How did they get there? When did they get there? Well, the Bible tells us how they're going to get there. It's in the resurrection. And some of those people that were in heaven never even died. Because the Bible has already told us, and we studied this, we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. And it's in heaven. When did they get there? Well, the Bible tells us there's going to be a trumpet sound. In Revelation chapter 4, people finally go to the place Jesus has prepared. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. But look at what Paul said. I has not seen, neither ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared. Now, if people had been going to heaven every time they died, then a lot of eyes would have seen. But he said, no, no one's ever seen it. No one's ever had any idea what God has prepared. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. Let's take a look at the fulfillment here. After this I looked, and behold, the door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. I'm taking you into the future. 
And immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat upon the throne. And that should not have been a surprise for John, because he knew there was one that sat upon the throne, but he saw something else. Paul had written, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, I heard as if it were a trumpet. The trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. We shall be changed, translated, going somewhere. And this is the hope. Look at what Jesus told us. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard the things which God has prepared. Jesus is God. He's prepared a place. It's heaven. No one's ever seen it. And they're not going to see it until if I go and prepare a place, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. People are not going to sneak in the back door by dying. They're going to have to wait until Jesus comes and brings them to this place that he has prepared. Is that clear? Is this Bible? Okay, I'm just hoping I'm staying in the book. Let's take a look at the fulfillment. 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, and they sang a new song. It's like the song we sang tonight. Jesus, you were slain, and you have redeemed us unto God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. The 24 is representative of every nation, every tongue, every people that's been redeemed by Jesus Christ, and they are in heaven Around the throne, a great crowd. The trumpet has sounded. The Lord has come. The dead have risen. The living have been raptured. And now they are forever with the Lord. And in that crowd, I can see myself. They're almost going to have to restrain me. It's like burglars going nuts. <laughs> Don't write about it. That's why that's not in the book of Revelation. Let's keep going here. Paul writes to Timothy. Paul's an old man, probably realizing that he's going to die. He's fine with that. He says, henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all of them that love his appearing. Paul says, I'm going to get a crown. And I'm going to get it when he appears. And I'm going to get it in that day. And that day is when Jesus appears for us in the clouds and takes us to a place he's prepared. We're not getting our crowns any sooner than that. Now, you can go to Burger King if you want. But the crown that I'm waiting for is better than a Big Mac. Wait, it's a Whopper. <laughs> it's a Whopper. Round about the throne I saw four and twenty elders sitting, 
clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns. They've got their rewards. The rapture's taken place. The resurrection is past. And the 24 elders fell down before him and sat on the throne, and they cast their crowns. I didn't learn this. Sorry, Lord. It's nice. But I didn't earn this. Not of the works that I've done. As a matter of fact, I don't know how you're going to feel. I'm going to feel just a little sheepish. It's an interesting word to translate. <laughs> I'm going to feel a little bit unworthy because I haven't been that good. I could possibly get like, I don't know, when you go to the fair, a yellow ribbon maybe? <laughs> what colors are they? I'm not going to get a blue ribbon. But I'm going to be given a crown. Wow. Lord, sorry. It seems to fit, but I feel awkward. Here, take it, Lord. Take it. But I'm not leaving that place. For we know that if our earthly house of our tabernacle be dissolved, that's Job asking, if a man dies, if this earthly house of my tabernacle be dissolved, we know that we have a building from God. For indeed, we that are in this tabernacle groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but that we would be clothed upon, that what is mortal may be swallowed up of life. We've studied how that death is like sleep. Now we're seeing how that death is being like unclothed. That's awkward. Just leave it at that. But Paul says that's not going to be our condition at all. We're not going to be. You now, there are those that teach soul sleep. They say when you die, you know nothing until the trumpet. No, that's not what the Bible teaches. We will have a life. We will have an existence. But when we get to heaven, we're going to find we're changed. I don't know what I'm going to be like in paradise. The spirit goes back to God. I don't have my body. I'm not going to miss it. <laughs> Matter of fact, I've, I've thought about this. As you can tell, I've probably thought about this sort of stuff a lot. If I'm in paradise and I don't have my body and I look in the mirror, never look so thin. Never looks so good. And then finally I hear, tomorrow is the resurrection. Berglund, you get your body back. <laughs> no. No. No, no. I've got pictures. I take a look at it. It's like, it's not impressive at all. I mean, it was good enough for my wife over 30 years ago. <laughs> but even she is starting to make comments. I don't know what I'm going to look like in paradise. But Paul says, we don't want to be without a body forever. We do want a body, but it's not going to be the body we left behind. The best way I can describe it is Paul says it like this. You plant corn, you get a corn plant. 
A corn plant doesn't look like a seed of corn. You plant an apple seed, eventually you get apples, right? And a nice tree. You plant a little seed and you get a rose. I'm hoping that I'm getting closer to the way it is going to be for me. Yeah. I have a feeling that this seed is going to grow into something that I'm not going to be too embarrassed to strut around heaven on. I think all of us are going to be very pleased with what we get. Well, let's take a look. And round about the throne, I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment. They had on their heads crowns of gold. And the white raiment, we know, is the righteousness of saints. They're going to be what God intended for humanity to be. All of this has taken place in Revelation chapter 4 when the trumpet sounds. Now we get to the fifth point. We've seen the place prepared, the trumpet blast, the crowns of victory, and we've finally got ourselves a decent body. Then there's going to be the gathering of the lion of the tribe of Judah. I've got to take you back to the book of Genesis. Jacob blessed his sons before he died. He had 12 sons. And he called his sons around him. And he says, Reuben, come here, boy. Puts his hands on him. He wants to read off a blessing to him. It's like, Reuben, uh, Reuben. <laughs> Levi, bring on Levi. Levi. Oh, Levi. Next, Thaddeus. Oh, I don't have a Thaddeus. <laughs> what, what are the boys' names again? Uh, I know there's a Simeon, I've got a, I've got a, who else is out there? There's an Issachar, we've got a Dan, we've got a Gad, and we've got a Nasher, Naphtali. Am I the only, I've got five children, and they're all grown up. Am I the only one that finds myself, when you want something from your kids, it's like, Chad, Leah, Deno, Brandon, whoever you are. <laughs> you got to go through the whole list to get to the one. You can imagine what this guy went through. <laughs> He's calling off 12 sons. And then he also had a daughter there also. And he gets to Judah. Judah is a lion's whelp. He couched as a lion and as an old lion. And unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Three things are said about this lion. He's a whelp, little, little lion. He's a young lion. He's a cub. And then he couched as a lion. He's a hunter. He's, he's looking. He's seeking. And then he's an old lion, eternal and forever. Three things he says about this lion. We understand this is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. When is this prophecy fulfilled by Jesus Christ? Unto him shall the gathering of the people be. When did the people gather unto the lion of the tribe of Judah? I read the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I can't find it anywhere. I read the book of Acts. I can't find it anywhere. 
The Apostle Paul makes a reference to it. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. Paul chose that word, our gathering unto him. The church has never been gathered, ever. This is a nice group. There's two assemblies gathered here. Every now and then we have a united service and we'll bring some of us over from the other side. And that's a nice gathering. But it's not the gathering of all the people. It's impossible for the church to gather around Jesus Christ today because most of them are dead. They're dead. I can't gather with Paul. I can't gather with Peter. I can't gather with, gather with Mary. I can't gather with any of those people in the Bible. I can't gather with people from just a generation previous. When I hear about the early days of the Pentecostal movement and the revival that they had and the different names that are listed off, I never gathered with them. They don't even know who I am. But the Bible says we are going to gather unto him. There's going to be a gathering to the lion of the tribe of Judah, and it happens at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We will be gathered unto the lion of the tribe of Judah only when he returns for his church. And we all together are around the throne. And one of the elders said unto me, Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. And this is in Revelation chapter 5. When everyone's around the throne, wearing white, throwing down their crowns, singing holy, holy, holy. There they are. Look around. There's Peter. There's Paul. There's all these people. Everyone that we've ever hoped to meet. Not one missing. Not one's lost. And it's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And it's been fulfilled. And when people tell us, you're going through the tribulation. The rapture is not at the beginning of the book of Revelation. I'm sorry. Everything I hope for, everything I look for in the resurrection, in the rapture, we've seen right now. It's all right there. What more is there? The lion. What a gathering it's going to be. You're going to see loved ones. I can't imagine what it's going to be like. You're going to be a part of this. And when we get to the end of the book of Revelation, chapter 21, then and only then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Yes, it's true, God is in heaven right now. But that heaven's passing away. And Jesus said, I go to prepare a new place for you. And it's that new heaven that we're going to. Because the Bible says, even the heavens are not clean in his sight. Satan rebelled in the old heaven. 
the angels joined with Satan in the old heaven. And there's something about the bad memories of those things that God determined a new heaven, a new place, a better place for you. Because heaven isn't good enough for the church. Think about that. Heaven isn't good enough for the church. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard the things which God has prepared for those. And if you miss this, what are you thinking? If you don't go there, what are you thinking? Unless maybe you don't believe this Bible. I believe this Bible. I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Every several gate was one pearl, and the streets of the city was pure gold. Yeah, we will run on streets of gold. Just not now. Just not now. As it were transparent glass. And the nations and them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. I'm excited about what's coming for the church. It keeps me excited about coming to church and being ministered to and keeping my faith alive, keeping my oil in my lamp and keeping my fire burning. That's it for number one. Number two is going to be a lot longer. Take a break. Restrooms. We'll be back in five to seven minutes. Amen.